and welcome to Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. This is Russ Shaw. Thanks for downloading the podcast today. This is episode 25, 25th anniversary episode. Well, it's not an anniversary, you know, it's a it's the 25th show. And I've been getting a lot of emails. My last show asking you guys to uh, get some seeds planted in you. Great response from a lot of folks, and I'm glad to see that happening because that's how we heal. Communication. We don't just listen to folks. A lot of folks will, will download a show or they'll you know, buy some CDs or they'll buy a book and you can't really interact with that. You know, This has to make sense for you. You can read something in a book. I've read a lot of stuff in books and I've thought, you know, I don't get it. Especially the Bible. That's why I'm glad that I am in the church I'm at now because they are uh, willing to actually talk to me about this stuff even when I'm pissed off about it. You know, there's things in the Bible that pissed me off. <laughs> Why is that? Being able to come to the pastor and say, Hey, this this doesn't make sense. Why does this uh, say that? And having them uh, show me what this stuff means. Show me other translations. Things like that. That is just an example of what I'm talking about here. This stuff has to make sense for you, the listener, the individual. Everybody's different. There's no one quick fix, slap on a patch and you're done, you're good to go, congratulations, you're not a sex addict anymore. Just just take this pill, here. No, that's not the way it works. You have to understand this stuff for yourself because we all have different attitudes. Every single one of us have a different attitude towards the way we look at things in life. And that's why the way I do this show, the way I do recovery is so much different than a lot of folks. And I will be addressing that a little later. The authors I have on my show are on the cutting edge of of psychology, of behavioral science. I do not listen to a lot of old school type of folks unless it uh, matches up with what's going on today in psychology, in our rivers, in our mind, our attitudes. And our attitudes are like rivers. It is like uh, trying to put a bridge across a a river with with a two-by-four. You know, it doesn't usually work. You need to change your attitudes. And that's my goal with this show. Attitudes of sexual integrity means that you need to change your attitude about some of this stuff. Attitude is... The definition of attitude is a position of body or manner in carrying oneself. The state of mind or feeling, disposition, had a positive attitude about work. An ignorant or hostile state of mind or disposition. This is uh, some of the definitions of attitude. I want you to just bring me what your attitude is towards the facts and towards the stuff that I'm laying out there. I don't expect you to just swallow down everything I say and, and oh, well... That's what Russ says, and, and Russ is the guru. No, I'm not the guru. I'm not. Hey, this has to make sense for you. So, however this stuff hits you, you know, respond to it. Well, I have to have a good attitude? No. Have a bad attitude. I had a bad attitude towards a lot of that stuff. But realize that your attitudes change your whole world. When you change your attitude, you change your world. But if you're stuck in a, in a situation, if you're stuck in addiction... There's a lot of attitudes attached to what 
brings you to that point, to, to bring you to failure in addiction. I wanted to respond to an email by a listener named Peter who, uh, you know, a lot of people, I've been criticized in the 12-step community about, you know, the way I talk about uh, disease and, you know, alcohol not a disease and, and stuff like that, treating addiction like it's not a disease. I did a, a series of shows, and I, I might do some more on uh, heart exercise, getting on the, the treadmill and, and working out your heart, getting your heart bump, pumping and beating properly in the physical realm is what I'm trying to do, in a sense, in the spiritual realm on this show. I believe that your addiction is not the core of your disease. If that offends uh, you, know, you, then I, I need to address that. And that's part of your, if your attitude is, is to be offended by what I said about that, then that's great. You understand that? That's awesome that you would email me and tell me that you had a problem with what I said on that issue. This is a, a big thing, and I know that the whole 12-step Bible, the, the big book, I, I have a little bit of reservations with that, and I'm going to talk about that, a, a few of those things, on this show. I think I do a lot. Peter in his email said, uh, To be honest with you, you did offend me when you spoke against the concept of addiction as a disease. I do not believe in calling it a disease removes the responsibility I have for changing my behavior and seeking treatment. True. I absolutely agree with that. The same brain chemistry that they found that you could test an alcoholic's blood or whatever and find out what chemicals that they were lacking which would drive them towards alcohol, same brain chemistry. We all have the same type of brain chemistry and I have believe I talked about that in my show. When you're lacking in something, your brain will try and use another way to get it, like intimacy. Why do a lot of us folks with intimacy problems are driven towards sexual material? Not sure why, but that's part of the lack of intimacy will spawn on this kind of addiction. He says here, uh, what is the definition of disease? The Oxford Dictionary says an unhealthy condition of the body, mind, or plant, or something thereof. Now, you don't think that looking at porn for hours at a time is an unhealthy condition of the mind and body. I don't know what to say. It's sure self-created, but so are a lot of health conditions. True. I believe that too. This is uh, something that we did self-create because we decided to medicate ourselves in a certain area. Now, what I believe the disease is, the heart, the core of the disease, I talked about this in another episode, it's, it, these are symptoms. The sex addiction is a symptom. Alcohol abuse is a symptom. Going out, you know, getting a credit card for $10,000 and spending it in three days is a symptom. It's not a disease. It's kind of like a lot of the uh, programs out there and a lot of uh, uh, sexual, uh, you know, sex addiction, 12-step type of programs to me. And correct me if you think I'm wrong here, but this is what I see. They treat the symptom. They say, okay, you've got a disease. I'm going to give you cough medicine to stop this cough. Well, if, if I have a, a virus, if I have some kind of a flu bug in my system, you can take the cough away using medication, but then I'll start to sniffle, or I'll get body aches, 
And I've seen a lot of this in the 12-step community. I've seen people who have never smoked before go through uh, Alcoholics Anonymous and, and become smokers. Uh, situations where people have gone to Alcoholics Anonymous and married people and have hooked up with other alcoholics. You know, They feel like, well, you understand me. And they end up leaving their marriages because they go through recovery, meet somebody in the 12-step program who they think understands them better. There's addiction swapping going on. What is addiction swapping? It is treating the symptoms of the real disease and not the hardcore issue. Like unforgiveness, for example, is a, is a symptom, is the disease, is a real, live, heart-level disease. It's like a spiritual disease. And people, there are people out there who do this. They have maybe a very bad past where maybe they've been abused by a parent and they cannot seem to forgive that parent. They do not ever get in touch with those feelings. They don't go deep and talk about how they felt as kids when that stuff happened to them. It's so critically important that we get some kind of counseling over these kind of issues. I have a, a new helper to the show who is willing to answer some of the emails from female listeners and a little bit of her story was she was uh, raped and I thank God for her, uh, Michelle, for letting me talk about this story because I know this is not something that everybody wants to advertise but she went through that. It's very, very painful for her. She was an adolescent. She wasn't very old when it happened and I just thank God for Michelle for being a witness and being able to handle some of my female listeners because I don't believe that I should be interacting too much with the female listeners. I'm not a woman. I think men and women think differently and the way men's emotions work and the way women's emotions work are very, very different. Uh, we are not counselors, me and Michelle. I want you to understand that. But we will listen. We will respond to your stories if you want somebody to talk to about this stuff. And we will... Uh, do the best we can with, with our what we know. And if we don't know, we will send you to somebody who does help you out with getting a counselor, a professional counselor. But Michelle's story was one that uh, a lot of people go through. She was not allowed to talk about it. She, her parents told her, let's just sweep this under the rug and act like it never happened. Well, it happened to her. And it, you don't just sweep something like that under the rug. This has serious emotional, psychological, and spiritual parameters around it. And until she got to work through that, it caused a lot of chaos in her life. But that is the disease, folks. That is the disease. These emotional things that happen to us that we don't necessarily sign up for. How we react to that stuff is life, man. Life is 20% the stuff that happens to you and 80% how you react to it. And your disease is not the, the reaction. Your disease is the cause. Your reaction to the hurt, the pain, the emotional crap and garbage that's down inside you, that is your disease. Your symptoms are porn addiction, alcoholism, smoking, gambling, pick your poison. 
So hopefully I can get you to understand that a little bit and, and go through those series of shows, the heart exercise, and I talk about some of this stuff, the heart level connections to addiction. And if you have any questions on that, please email me. It's russ at digitalaudioproject.com. Call me on my voicemail. It's it's uh, 425 645-7942 if you'd like to leave a voicemail message. It's that type of stuff, folks. It's having to deal with your heart level connection. Applying strategy and being consistent with your strategy it is key that you understand your attitudes that you attach to that and you go deep and talk about the stuff that has happened to you in your past. Because if you don't, your your attitudes just keep flowing the same way. And like I said before, it's like trying to put a 2 by 4 across a raging river and trying to cross it. These attitudes need to, to be dealt with. It's working and fighting. A good example of that is what I talked about in a few episodes back is the Anakin Skywalker analogy. You know, he didn't have to become Darth Vader, but he chose how he was going to react to his addiction, you know, to his hurts, to his pain. He used his addiction. That's how he reacted. His addiction was just evil, man. The the guy just was beaten. He was broken. He had his arm chopped off, his leg chopped off. And a lot of this stuff was because of the way he reacted. He thought he was in control of everything. That's something I had to deal with. I thought I was in control of everything. You know, I can control this stuff. I can control what happens to me. I can control my feelings. I'm a tough guy. So what? You know, all the stuff that happened to me in the past, that doesn't dictate who I am. And that's true. But you do need to deal with it. You do need to talk about it because if it's affecting your attitude, that is the critically important thing that we need to change, that we need to focus on changing. And I want to give you some strategies today on that. But that is my goal. And I want you guys to understand that, that I, I care for each and every one of you. I'm thinking about you. I'm praying about you. And I, I I see you as extraordinary people. You that's listening to my voice right now, do you understand how extraordinary you are? Just for the fact that you're willing to download this show and maybe apply some of the strategies that I talk about. Application and consistency. Getting back up when you're down. Understanding that it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. How bad do you want to win? How bad do you want to get over this stuff? Are you sick and tired of it? Are you? Then come on. Get up. Let me give you a hand and help you up. And let's start walking. And then we can start fighting. But when you get knocked down... You're laying on the floor and you're beaten, you're bloody. Let's pick you up. Let's get you walking. Let's get you fighting again. That is the program here. That is what it's all about. And getting you to a counselor, a professional counselor, to deal with some of the stuff in your past is another huge, critically important thing that you need to do if you are serious about taking this thing on. But maybe you don't feel like you need a counselor yet, you know, and that's where that's what I'm here for. If you if you don't think you need a professional counselor, then how's that working for you? That's something I kinda stole from Doctor Phil. 
it's uh, it's kind of that whole well this is how I feel and this is how I'm doing and how's that working for you is it working well, if it's not working then change something the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result let's change our thought patterns let's work hard on that and understand it's not going to happen overnight. So my goal is for you to take action to get those seeds planted. Because you can go to all the groups. You can go to all the 12-step programs. You can sit through all the meetings for years and years and years. But until this stuff starts to make sense for you, you're never going to see results. You're never going to see fruit. It has to get planted in your heart and start to produce fruit. That fruit is the stuff that's going to replace this debilitating addiction. And for porn users, let me tell you something. You are a bigger in numbers out there than alcoholics right now. That is the truth. Statistics prove it. That porn use is out of control. And it's harming people. It's causing people to be dependent on it. It's destroying lives. And I'm here to tell you that there is freedom from that and that you're not alone. Stop with the shame. Humility is being humble enough to say you have a problem and bring it to someone's attention. So, for the Bible-believing, hard-nosed, holding a hard line on biblical truth... And for the people who... I'm not really sure about this whole Christian thing, Russ. I, I don't believe in, in Jesus. You know, I believe in God, but maybe I don't believe in Jesus. Or I believe in a higher power. You know, what does that mean for you? What does all of that mean to your recovery? Let's ask those questions. And let's produce some fruit in your life. And it takes work. And it takes a reality check. It takes checking into your own heart and saying who am I? You know, open the hood on you and get in there and, and find out why you do the things you do. Because we spend so much time, you know, us guys will buy like a nice car and we'll fix it up and we spend our time maintaining our cars and changing the oil and, you know, the tires and making everything's right. Or we buy a house, you know, we upgrade our house or condo or whatever it is. We put the new flooring in and we want everything to look just right. We want it all to, to serve some kind of purpose. Well, what about you? What about your own mind? What about your own brain? What about your behaviors and why you do the things you do? And it just it's not just the addiction that I'm talking about here. It's your ongoing thought process and your attitudes and how you react to things. Why do you do the things you do? Asking questions. Getting answers. Producing results. That's what this show is about. That's just true. I just believe that. Here's the deal. I, if I seem bitter sometimes towards 12-steppers, I apologize. I don't want to come off that way. I just want you to see some fruit in your life. I want you to see some results. Because I hear way too many people out of 12-step recovery programs that are still six feet from the edge and they feel like they could fall at any moment. That is unhealthy, tragic way to live your life. I believe. And 
research and science in the last 10 years. There's been more research and science in psychology and more breakthroughs in psychology and finding out brain chemistry, you know, encoding DNA and finding out why we think the way we think and why people do what they do. There's not a one 12-step program that's going to work for everybody, all right? You can't just open the box, the kit, and pull out these 12 pieces and say, that's going to work for everybody. Because you know what? It doesn't work for everybody. Everybody is different. There's no silver bullet, kerblanche thing. There's no magic pill you're going to take that's going to cure you of this behavior that you do that is destructive, that you hate you do, but you do it anyway. So when I talk about the Bible and biblical truth, and when I quote scripture, I I don't want you to feel like you're being alienated by me doing that if you don't believe in Jesus. Basically what I'm trying to say here is that this is truth. Whether it comes from the Bible or not, I'm trying to get you to understand that, that when Paul says the guy who wrote half the New Testament says, what a broken man am I. What I do, I do not want to do. What I should do, I don't do. What my flesh wants to do, it does. What a wretched man I am. When he says something like that, that is a realization in Paul's heart that he fought this battle with his flesh just as much as you or I does did or does or are and when I say walking in a way that's pleasing to God that is you becoming who you are in God's eyes because you are built to fit a puzzle piece here on this planet that's who you are reaching your full potential is not a selfish matter It, it is for God's purpose not yours When I talk about you change your attitude and you change your world, you know, you got to realize that it's it's like a pump. It's like a water pump. If you've ever been on a farm or something and you have to pump water, if you don't prime the pump, you can be sitting there pumping that handle forever and never get a drop. Or you'll get a few drops, or you'll even get a trickle. But until you prime the pump, you're, you're just working without any results. And a lot of folks are doing that. And getting you to understand what attitudes are creating your habits is priming the pump because your habits are attached to your attitudes. And when I say habits, I mean what causes you to habitually turn back to it. There are habits that you've created in your mind. And like I said with uh, the Dennis Waitley's analogy with the spiders, spider webs that go back and forth until they turn into cables that you're going to hang a ski lift on. It's breaking those cables that I want to get through to your head. And the the first one that I've talked about in episode one, and I've talked about it numerous times, Thor talked about this. He said, I get some of these porn emails or these, you know, Viagra kind of emails, Girls Gone Wild kind of emails into his email box there at the radio station, and he was saying how he just hits the delete key. You know, I just delete, delete, delete. It's great to get a spam filter to take that stuff out, but sometimes you have to hit the delete key. My goal is to get you to hit the delete key in your mind. 
I want you to hit that delete key in your own brain and say, beauty goes to lust. So I'm going to recognize that in me. And I'm going to bounce my eyes. I'm going to recognize that something I saw or something I felt, something that made me sad, something that made me embarrassed, those attitudes, those emotions, take me to that place where that image, a sexual image, or turning to that sports book or whatever you do, kicking that out of your mind instantly, as soon as it pops into your head, hitting the delete key in your brain. Those are the choices that are going to cause us to change, are going to cause us to react differently in our minds. I heard an analogy that I thought was, was awesome, and it had to do with the NASCAR drivers. These guys drive... 160, whatever it is, miles an hour around a track. You know, they do that. It's dangerous. People die. One of the things that they said, this guy was in an interview, and he said, what do you do when you're in a skid? You know, when you look, you're coming through the smoke, and you're swerving around a car, and you get in a skid, how do you keep from uh, losing your mind? What do you do? How do you keep from dying out there in those situations and he said something that I thought was great he said you just don't look at the wall he said you're going to go in the direction the car will go in the direction of where you steer it and if you look at the wall that's where you're going to go that's where you're going to end up slamming into the wall now in this addiction slamming into the wall is something that so your flesh is going to love. You know, your flesh loves slamming into the wall. But you know how your spirit's going to feel afterwards. You're going to feel like you just got in a car accident. You're going to feel horrible. You're going to feel guilt, remorse. You know you're going to have those feelings. So what do you do? You don't look at the wall. Don't focus on the wall. Don't focus where your car's going to smash into. Don't do that. Start replacing your thoughts. Don't start dwelling on the images that you know are going to cause you to fail. Change your thought process. Change your mind. Shift your thoughts to something else. Kick those thoughts out of your mind. Bounce your eyes. Another intimacy uh, strategy I want you to try is saying ouch. What do you mean saying ouch, Russ? You ever have something hurt you or somebody says something and it hurts, just say, maybe even say the word ouch. Understand that it's okay to hurt over things. It's okay to express emotion over pain and be able to mourn that is powerful. Even if it's a little thing. You know, the way the way we grew up, our childhood pains and stuff, stuff that happened when you're five, stuff that happened when you're ten, you know, Dr. Viscott talks about this. He's written a number of psychology books. And it's not always all that stuff that's in the past. It, it, that stuff in the past is very real and it does have a tremendous impact on who we are as adults. But at the same time, our patterns, our attitude patterns on how when we are hurt, we react is part of your addiction. Practice reacting differently to your hurts or even noticing when you are hurt. You may fail. You may fall down several times. Maybe several hundred times. 
But what will work for you and what won't work for you is, is something that you have to keep asking the questions and getting down in your heart, going deep. Going deep about who you are. Because if you're going to all the meetings and you're sitting through all the seminars and you're listening to all the speakers and you're downloading all the podcast shows about recovery and you're still not getting anywhere, then obviously that's a problem. You're not getting results. So how do I get results, Russ? You're asking, right? Well, keep listening to this show. Keep asking questions. Ask me some questions. Email me, russ at digitalaudioproject.com. Or call the show. Go to my website, uh, digitalaudioproject.com, and download some more shows. Check out the resources. Get some books. I think it's important that you read, that you're putting good stuff in your brain. That's another big one. You're programming your mind, reprogramming your mind with good information. Make it a discipline to read at least 15 minutes a day out of the book list. If you're a Christian, read 15 minutes a day and pray. Get into your Bible and and read that and ask God what it's saying to you, what it means to you. Get in the book list. Get into a reading regiment. Get into a reprogramming regiment. Change the radio shows that you listen to. That's why podcasting is so great, is because there's so much good stuff out there in the podcast world that you can be putting in your mind that is not going to destroy you. If you're a sex addict and you're still listening to Howard Stern, you are self-sabotaging yourself. Ask yourself, why do I want to listen to Howard Stern? Why do I want to listen to Tom Likas? Why do I want to listen to these guys who I know are going to drag me down and make me feel like more crap about myself? Because it's not just their message of sex, it's their attitudes towards women and towards sexuality and, and towards just life in general. We're all a mistake, who really cares, so let's just go out there and have as much pleasure as we can. Well, that short-term pleasure, I think you know this, is destroying you. Or you wouldn't be... Also understand that the short-term finishing that book and thinking you accomplished something can also be misleading. Don't just read the books, but pick them apart. You know, if it takes you six months to read a book, then fine. Read a paragraph at a time and think about it and say, how does this hit me? What is this me? Is this how I feel about me? Because I think a lot of folks can get on this book regimen and, and they set a goal like, I'm going to finish this book in a, a couple of weeks so I can read another one because I want to get through all the books on Russ's book list. Well, the problem with that is that if, it, if you do it too fast, it, the stuff, the material in the book never reaches your heart. And you don't have to agree with everything in the book. I don't agree with everything Dr. Block says or Dr. Gearhart. I don't agree with everything in the book. You're, you don't have to agree with everything. It's like the shopping cart analogy. You walk into the grocery store and, you know, let's say they're selling a copy of Cosmo that's causing you to have to beat your eyes away from, tear your eyes away from that cover, whatever it is, and the, and the stories that are in that book, that is targeted towards women. It causes you to start creating those little theater things in your mind, or causing you to start generating some kind of an attitude. You know, just because I see that Cosmo magazine at my grocery store doesn't mean I'm not going to stop shopping there, all right? I can just leave the magazine there and not 
go, oh, this is offensive, and just run out of the room because I, I, I disagree with the, you know, them selling Cosmo. Does that make sense? If I say something or the book says something that you disagree with, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Understand that it's what will work for you that you need to get your questions answered about. It's not that everything doesn't have to be right and wrong and black and white, okay? It just has to make some kind of sense to you to get your questions answered so you can start to see the difference between black and white. Good and bad, wrong and right, whatever it is. Well, I have to do read all these books in one month because that's the right thing to do. If I'm going to do this right, I'm going to do it right. You know what? Stop with that attitude. Stop with the attitude as I have to do this right. You, In order for it to work, to produce results for you, to see fruit, you know, there's no right way of producing a crop. I guess there is, but, you know, you can put seeds in the ground and sometimes they don't grow. So what do you do? Ah, I can't do this growing thing. I give up. No, you put another seed in the ground. And then you put another seed in the ground. If that one doesn't work, you put another seed in the ground until someone starts to grow. So understand that there's two ways of learning in this life. There's two ways of getting over an addiction. And one is to learn from somebody who's been there, like myself, who has taken a certain attitude, has changed his attitudes in order to produce results. Or you can keep trying to stuff this stuff in inside from the outside. You need a mentor. You need somebody. If it's not me, get in a group and, and pray that the person that you're mentored by is producing results. In the 12-step program, you might call this a sponsor. Because it's not just about trial and error. Although you do need to fail sometimes to find out what will work for you. Your recovery, your overcoming this addiction, this behavior that you do, that you don't want to do, this is going to be achieved by learning the techniques that will get you to where you want to be. Applying the attitudes, learning the techniques, applying an attitude to those techniques that will get you to the place you want to be. Because living six feet from the edge is not a way to live. Living like this thing is looming over you and could kick you over the side of that cliff at any moment is not the way to live, man. It's not. And research will prove that you can change your brain patterns. So let me help you equip yourself. Let me help you get the tools. Let me pop open the toolbox here and know that there's not just 12 tools in here that are going to help you. That you need to find out what tools are going to work for your project. Okay? Whatever attitudes that you're attaching to returning back to failure are your attitudes. They're the stuff that you have accumulated over the years. And I think the biggest question to ask yourself is why you can't kick out the images if you can't kick out those images out of your head. Or those feelings or those attitudes of why you keep returning to the same behavior over and over again. Trying to catch the snowball when it's still a snowball before it's a boulder that causes you to fail. Your brain works in a series of synapses, alright? It fires 
like a computer. It fires much like an engine. Attitude number one, or cylinder number one, is going to fire and it's going to go through the chain of firing all six cylinders, if you're on a six-cylinder engine, until number six fires. And that might be the bomb going off for you. So let's learn how to create a new firing order in your mind. Because here's the deal. Uh, guy named Dr. DiMaggio at Harvard University, he said that we've learned more in the last 10 years about psychology and the neural pathways in our minds, the firing order of our brain cells, and the behavioral patterns. We've learned more about that in the last 10 years than all of the years of psychology, the history of psychology combined. We know more now. This is an age of scientific enlightenment. Understand that. So the strategy I want you to start with this week is to snuff out those negative images in your mind that are going to cause you to fail. Step on those thoughts, hit the delete button, kick those players out of your emotional, mental theater in your mind. Kick them out before they start Act 1. Okay? what I want you to practice. And if you cannot do that, if those images keep coming into your mind, or if you invite those images into your mind for a specific reason, or if you don't know the reason, I want you to email me and let me know why you do that. And get a good counselor. That's why I talk about it. It's so important to find a good counselor to help you deal with this. A good professional counselor who maybe has some experience in addictions, in behavioral science, you know, even someone who may have a newer kind of perspective on it. Just because someone's an old counselor, somebody in their 50s and 60s, I think those people have a lot of wisdom, and I think that that is a great counselor for you if you can get a hold of somebody who is an older person who has this kind of experience in uh, neuro research, in uh, addiction, behavioral science. Very important. So, I want to throw out a few thank yous to my uh, counselors, Counselor Bob and Counselor uh, Alec Lee Warner. Those guys helped me tremendously, helped me understand why I do the things I do, why I was creating these kind of pathways in my mind and creating these habits that were, that were causing me to fail over and over again. These guys helped me out with that stuff, helped me change my attitudes, helped me bridge that river of attitude find a new pathway. So this shows a big thank you to the counselors and a thank you to Rick uh, Thiessen and Dan Hazen, my pastors at ac3.org for helping me with uh, my issues, for helping me bridge my own attitudes towards counseling and actually going in to see a counselor because I didn't think that counselors would help because that was my negative attitude towards counseling. All these people are just a bunch of quacks. They just want your money. No, they had to show me or teach me or care enough about me to say, hey, I know some good counsel. I want to thank Michelle for handling female listeners. Her email is m, just the letter m, at digitalaudioproject.com. That is for female listeners only, so... Yeah, just the lady listeners, go ahead and email her with... Uh, any questions you might have 
maybe have her on an upcoming episode sometime. But uh, I just want you guys to know that I care about you, that we care about you. We're listening to you. All Every single email that comes to me, I will respond to, and Michelle as well. We read all that stuff. Do not treat this thing lightly. So, I'm glad that you're here with me today. Glad you were sticking with me through the whole show. Russ at digitalaudioproject.com The website is digitalaudioproject.com slash ASI And if you want to leave a donation, please do in that uh, website there. Or you can send a check, money order, whatever you like. It's uh, Russ Shaw P.O. Box 2526 Everett, Washington 98213 You can send your snail mail to that address or checks or whatever you like. If you can make a donation, I'd sure appreciate it. I am not in this to make a bunch of money, but any money that I do receive will go back into the show. Keeps the show running. I want to thank uh, a few listeners. Another guy sent me uh, information about archive.com or archive.org or something like that. I can do uh, free free hosting for sound files. So, I'd give that a try, see how that works. I do like Way to Host. I want to give them a, a thank you. Way to Host. Way to, the letter 2, and host.com gives me 35 gigs of... Uh, bandwidth a month so that's awesome traffic you know can get expensive especially when I have up to 200 shows downloaded a day when I was on the radio a couple times I had up up to 700 shows downloaded in one day so thanks for all your technical help as well Next show, I'll be changing the format up a little bit. I'm going to go buy me a headphones, new microphone on a USB port type of thing and do the show like that. Have a more organized type of show, doing show notes and having a topic that I can just flow all the way through instead of this uh, tape recorder type of thing. I know for some of you that can get a little frustrating. It's just the way my brain works. I apologize for the uh, ADD-ness of me. I'm working on that. But I'm just so glad that you guys listen to me and uh, like to challenge me and talk with me and chat with me about the stuff going on in my brain way I look at the Bible and spirituality and God and I just thank you for uh, all your responses to that stuff don't take it lightly man you folks are extraordinary to me if you've never emailed the show I challenge you to do that today let go of your inhibitions are you inhibited are you uh, held captive a little bit by your own thoughts and afraid to email somebody, afraid to open up, afraid to get this stuff out of you? Let go of your inhibitions. Send me that email. Send me that stuff you've been meaning to send. Maybe you're worried about what I'll think. You know what I'll think? I'll think that you are a person who is willing to deal with their stuff. And that is extraordinary. Just listening to my voice, I think you guys are awesome for doing that. 
but letting go of your inhibitions a little bit and being able to take on your attitudes, I think, is, is when you start to get application, when you start to apply, when you start to be consistent. So remember, today is the first day, the first page. I'm going to fill out this book of yours. Your life starts now. Tomorrow is a new day. Every day is a brand new start, and your book is unwritten. I'll leave you with this song. Thanks for listening, being a listener to ASI. It's Russ at digitalaudioproject.com. Until next week. Open up the dirty window, let the sun illuminate.